Uh, it is a delight for us to have, I want to call you Dr. Sam Pickin, but that's coming, Pastor Sam Pickin. Uh, Sam is a phenomenal leader and preacher with his wife, Jess. Uh, about 10 years ago, they moved to Toronto, another country uh, in Canada that has minus 20 degree days. So somebody tell me you've got to be called if you're going to move to another country to plant a church where you know nobody. And uh, but, but God's gripped you. And I like to say you've been apprehended by the call of God, right? When you're apprehended by the call of God, you do crazy stuff for the kingdom of God. And so they relocated with six people to, to Canada to plant a C3 in Toronto. And it, that church has blown up over the last 10 years in a good way blown up. Uh, the blessing of God, it's downtown Toronto. Uh, Pre-COVID, it had a number of locations. And now, because for 83 weeks, they weren't able to meet at all in a physical location. So we're online for 83 weeks. Uh, talk about PTSD. Oh my gosh, you must be so happy to be back in Sunday church, right? How many? 86, get it right, Pastor. 86 weeks, sorry. Those three weeks, really, that's, not, that's a big deal, right? 86 weeks, oh my gosh. And so their church is a strong, vibrant, passionate uh, church focused on reaching people to Christ in an urban environment. And uh, Sam is one of the phenomenal, uh, I call him young because he's 36. So who knows that's young? Come on, somebody. Come on. Okay. Uh, he's one of the phenomenal young leaders in our C3 movement and uh, just has a great gift of faith, uh, seen God do significant miraculous things, uh, an incredible gift of preaching. And he, he is a, a just one of the, I'm delighted that he's able to be here with us in our church and ministering to us. So can we stand to our feet and welcome Pastor Sam Pickett. Let's go. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. 1 Corinthians 15, Vision Builders, Vision Builders Sunday. We do this in our church and, and it's just so awesome. And listen, oh, you guys can sit down if you want. <laughs> Isaac's going, you need to start writing, boy. Get on it. <laughs> um, so there's no point doing something unless you know why. Why is the most critical thing? Why do we give? Why do we sacrifice? Why do we do everything that we do? Simon Sinek says that, you know, start with why. Why is so important to know everything and everything does boil down to something. When you boil down the Christian faith and all of theology down to one thing, the most important critical thing, the main thing, the, the single greatest focus is written about in this entire chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you haven't dissected this chapter, you need to as a Christian. This chapter is arguably one of the most important theological chapters in the Bible. There is nothing in the Christian faith that is more theologically important than what I'm about to speak on today. Can anyone have a sense as to what it is? And it's not Christ dying on the cross. It's the thing that happens after that. It starts with R. Resurrection. Resurrection. Now, obviously, Christ dying on the cross is a part of the process, but let's read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, resurrection. So it says this, and the whole chapter is about that one subject, and it's a long chapter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I wish I could, but read it at home. Amen. Give your homework. 
Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received. This is the gospel Paul is saying, on which you have taken your stand. If you're going to stand on something, stand on this. By this gospel, you are saved. We're saved by this. He's saying, if you hold firm, someone say, hold firm. Hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Everything else is vanity. You can't believe on anything else but this. For what I received, I passed on to you, verse 3, as of first importance that Christ died. There's three things. Christ died according to Scripture, that he was buried, number two, and that he was raised, somebody say raised, on the third day according to Scriptures. Why, why is buried important there? Why? Buried is proof. If the report was Jesus died on the cross and people saw that, and then people said, well, he appeared and he looked different, he looked like a gardener. If he wasn't buried in the tomb, it, buried is proof. You need proof of death in order for the resurrection to be exciting. It's proof. Why? And the reason Paul was writing this is because they kept trying to prove that it was wrong. If in theology you can prove the resurrection's wrong, we got nothing. You have, somebody say nothing. You have nothing if you don't have this. And they tried to prove it wrong. Any religion that doesn't believe Jesus rose from the dead, that he was a historical figure that died and went into the tomb and rose again, this is our why. This is why you give. This is why we do what we do. Everything that we stand on stands on the resurrection. It's what the whole chapter is about. And then he says this. He said, um, then he appeared to the 12 and it talks about, because you couldn't get in the canon of Scripture into New Testament canon, one of the prerequisites of a book chosen had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. That is one of the requirements for a New Testament book to get into the canon of Scripture. It's that important, an eyewitness. And Paul is saying, and then he proves it, he said, he appeared to more than 500 of you, most who, of whom are still, still living. Paul's saying, if you don't believe me that it happened, go talk to the other few hundred people that saw it too. He rose again. He rose again. You don't have anything if you don't believe this. It is everything. He rose again. And then it says this in verse 14. It said, if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless. And then it goes on. What does it say? And so is your faith. If Christ had not been raised, Anything you try and stand on is useless. I don't know what it is that you're facing that seems dead, but if you place your hope in Oprah, it's not going to get you there. If you place your hope in the next self-help book that you go and find, it's not going to get you there. If you place your hope and faith on the Enneagram, I'm sorry, it's not going to get you there. If you place your hope on the next podcast or the next motivational preacher, it's not going to get you there. If you place on your hope on anything but this, it's in vain. It's useless. Nothing. Not even in comparison. Yoga class will not get you there. The resurrection, your health, anything. I don't know what, what it is that you're going through. Up the back, you were singing on stage here. Um, I said, yeah, yeah, just you got the curly hair. I saw crisis on your life. And I, I don't know what the last season has been through you, but I, I actually saw, I saw sirens when I, and I, 
I don't know what it is that you've been through, but I feel like that you've, I feel like that you've faced a broken heart. And I see, I see a mercy all over your life, but it's based on the resurrection. I see like such a great redemption story in your world. And I, I, obviously I, I don't know you, but I just, that, that your faith is, is all built on the resurrection. I've got to, I've got to stop moving and, and prophesying because I'll just use up all my time. Um, so i got to read the end. i got to read the end. Let me, so verse 55, it says, where death is your victory, the reason that death doesn't have victory is because of the resurrection. Jesus was saying, listen, what's the best thing, hell, that you can throw at us? What's the best thing that you got? What's your greatest agenda? Well, it's death. Well, <laughs> I killed that one. He brought death to death. And then it says this, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives victory through Jesus Christ. Verse 58, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters of C3 Powerhouse, stand firm, let nothing move you, and always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. That's what we're doing today on Vision Builders Sunday. Always give yourself fully, somebody say fully, to the work of the Lord. This is why I get so jacked about doing what I do is because I know that my life is but a vapor and I don't care how I spend it as long as, as long as I spend it preaching the resurrection. And know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Or another way you could say this, and know that any dollars and cents that you commit towards vision builders will never be in vain. You might put dollars and cents into other investments, but as you invest into eternity, as you invest into the resurrection, as you invest into what the gospel is and what this church stands on, those dollars and cents will never be in vain. That labor will never be in vain. One of the greatest witnesses we as of the church and the most and my most favorite thing that we do is Baptism Sunday. And I got a photo of us doing a stoop baptism and and resurrection is death to life. That's what it is. Your your life, this was outside out, this is a high school and it's outside where we do um where we were doing church. And this is such a, the church is called to bear witness. You are, you are witnesses for the kingdom of God. And as we're at this stoop baptism that we were, we were dunking a bunch of people and then we have spontaneous baptisms. And, um, and there was a guy standing on this black fence. I actually, I've, I've tried to find a photo if I could actually see him in the photo, but his name's Randy. And Randy um, is an accountant. And he, him and his son were just walking by and he's standing there at this fence. And I got this other photo um, that's kind of funny. Uh, this is Spider-Man actually attended one of our outdoor baptism services. Do you have the next photo? Um, if it shows up, Spider-Man was there. I thought it was a laugh. But um, so <laughs> there he is. Yeah. So this, this is another one of our outdoor baptism services. Spider-Man was just walking by and he's like, how good is that? Not many churches can say Spider-Man showed up. But uh, so see, he, even he's surrendering to the greatest superhero of all time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so Randy's at the fence and he's with his son and his son and, and death to life, the resurrection, there is no other community group that promotes this. There is no other people that live based on this. Where is there is no other religion that, that is centers their religion around a living, like a death, 
a death and living God, a God that came and walked as a human, is so unique to who we are. And, and, and Randy's son, who was eight at the time, and they're not, they weren't Christians, um, uh, said, Dad, I want to go here. I don't know what this is. We're baptizing people in downtown Toronto. It's so weird. It's so awesome. Like nobody see what are these people doing in this hot tub in their clothes? Like it's just so bananas. But it's the death to life is the greatest witness. You want, it's, it's everything you're giving to. Yes, we're giving to land, but it's what we can do in that land. It's, the buildings are simply a tool. And every time we dedicate a building to this, we're dedica- dedicating a building that's not being dedicated to vanity. The labor is not in vain. This is what it's all about. And so Randy starts coming to church and he, he attends. He ended up coming to our Vision Builders night. He still wasn't a Christian. He gave to Vision Builders and not as a Christian with his wife, who's not a Christian. And I don't even know if he has given his life. He's been coming for over, over a year. I'm like, maybe I haven't been doing the Salvation Old Scores right. But it's just the point there is, is it's, that's what it's all about. And we can drift. Went for a swim in the ocean today. The currents in the ocean can be strong. And, they, and, and the undercurrents of our life and the undercurrents of culture can make us drift away what's the main thing. And there's many things that we can do in churches that, that are really great. We can do social things. We can do community things. We can do programs. And all these things are great. But honestly, if a church isn't centered around the gospel, that is the resurrection. All those other programs just don't have any substance. They don't have any weight. It is the main thing. Amen. This is what we're unified around. This is what our why is. There was a guy in the pandemic, uh, uh, parents, uh, and, and this is a true story from BC, and I was sitting down with Dave and Kim Olsen, um, and they, they know this person, went, this family go to their church. And um, so the dad's 38, wife and they have, uh, they have three kids and the oldest daughter is a nine-year-old daughter and he cycles and this is in the middle of the pandemic and he actually, uh, what happened was he's on one of his cycling things, a car came over a bridge and actually killed him. And so now his beautiful wife and three kids are now left without a husband and a father. And the, you know, Canada is going really liberal and, 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 even in the education system, the nine-year-old goes to school and the, obviously the class understand what's going on in this story and the teacher felt obligated to educate this nine-year-old girl in this public school, hey, I just need you to understand that heaven is a fairy tale. And her dad just passed away, a true story in the pandemic. Just need you to understand because there's no point you believing in lies. I need you, I feel a burden and an obligation to educate my students to tell you that heaven isn't true story. And when we, when we were sitting down for coffee and we were hearing the story, myself and my wife were weeping and we couldn't believe it because we have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And I just had this righteous like fury on the inside of my spirit that said, if you take resurrection away, if you take heaven away, from this nine-year-old girl, what does she have? You can give her all the math, all the arithmetic, all the writing in the world. You can give her all the poetry, but you take resurrection away from her. She doesn't have anywhere to place her hope. How dare you? 
And thank God that mom ripped her kids out of that school, put them in a different school. And, you know, it's just, but we got, I want to, we got to start a school in downtown Toronto. We, that's part of our vision. We got to do it because, because we're propagating, the world is propagating gospels. And none of those gospels anyone in society can place hope on. Always, number two, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Our hope only exists if we have the resurrection. What is hope? You don't, you don't have hope if you don't have the resurrection. Because Jesus died, was buried, and was raised, we have hope. Always give yourself fully. Somebody say fully. fully. To the work of the Lord. Pastor Phil Pringle says this, a good vision is worth living for. A better vision is something worth dying for. What are you willing to let die in your life so that resurrection life can become a reality in someone else's? What are you and I willing to let die? What's worth it? What's your why? And I hope that we all just adopt this one, that your why for writing would be resurrection life that your why for making your decisions in your life is resurrection life. Why else? Why live for anything else? Your why for investing in speaking into people's lives, you there in the third row with the cream sweater and the turtleneck. You, you have a voice and you love speaking into people's lives and every time you do it, your voice of encouragement, I see encouragement all in you. Every time you open your mouth, it's like an elevator that takes people a level higher. That's who you are. It's just, am I true? Is that right? Very Well, you're very encouraging too. I, I think that's, amen. But why? It's not to draw people to yourself. It's because you carry resurrection life. And I met this amazing couple just in the meet and greet. Oh my gosh. Resurrection life is your why. Your testimony is going to turn death to life, death to life, death to life, death to life. Baptism again, baptism again, baptism. Why wouldn't you give to that? Of course. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, 7 and 9 and then verse 12 says this, and I know that the pandemic's been difficult. And I know, what, what would we be willing to go through? I could preach a message that say, let's give a lot. And at the end of the day, God's going to bless us and financial. And that's true. But what if financial blessing never came back to us? Would we still give? For our why is resurrection. I would say, yeah. If I had to live as a martyr, and the word disciple in the Greek is the, is the word martyr. Disciples for Jesus, we're, we're making disciples at C3 Powerhouse. Essentially, we're tra all training to become martyrs. We don't teach this gospel anymore because we've gotten so used to teaching people a gospel that is essentially, if you become a Christian, it's going to be better and better and better and better and better for you. But I suggest that there's a better gospel than that. That it doesn't really matter how it goes for you. What matters is, is that when we give our lives to Jesus, it's going to get better and better and better and better for them out there, out there, out there, out there, out there. That, that, we, that we become, now of course it's going to get better for you. As you give, it does get given back to you. And as you lose your life, you find that it. it's a beautiful thing, the kingdom of God. But 2 Corinthians says this, we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And then you move on to verse 12 and it says, as death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. The principle 
that, is, that Paul's preaching on here is that when I let time die for my agenda, that all of a sudden I'm creating life for the kingdom's agenda in someone else. When I let financial resource die, every dollar I let die for the kingdom of God to my personal agenda, I'm creating abundant life in someone else for God's agenda. So we, our church come at 7.30 in the morning and they unload trucks and set up for two hours before anyone gets there. Got this paramedic on our team and he's so used to death to life, this is his world. His name's Rob and he was the most cynical person. Josh and I were just talking about him before church and uh, before tonight. And, and he's a paramedic and he comes along and he's cynical and, he, and, and I don't, you know, even when he first came to church, I don't want to have anything really much to do with this place. And I don't even know if he was saved. I don't think he was saved when he first came to our church. But he was kind of in a crisis in his own life and needed something. So he, he got Josh, invited him to join a team, and that meant showing up to church at 7.30 in the morning. And he's like, well, I'm kind of used to doing something against, like, against myself in order for the benefit of other people. So he came and did it. Now, our huddles for our muscle team are quite cultish. So like everybody puts their hands in, and then they have a, you know, a, a little acronym, LIFT, L-I-F-T, which is you know, something about their training. Uh, it's about, you know, follow your lanyard, make sure you're inviting other people to join the team, show up fresh and be on time. So do you even lift is the team. And then they go, aroo, aroo, aroo. Like, it's like, it's really, it's, it's kind of weird. Anyone that sees it on the outside is like, and so Rob's standing there, he's not putting his hand in. He's like, you guys are crazy. Anyway, long story short is his testimony is he's like, he found life, he got saved. And now he's one of the, he's one of the most keen people on our team. As a paramedic, through the, through the pandemic, he's like every other church wasn't able to meet. And we did this thing called Project Love Toronto, which was we partnered with 35 different organizations in the city because we couldn't meet for church on Sunday. So we partnered with these organizations that we would do something for one of these first responding organizations every single day, that there would be something you could sign up for any day of the week. And, uh, and Rob was a part of the Salvation Army one, which was packing food packages. And the Salvation Army was like, our whole warehouse has been emptied. No one wants to work except for C3 people. And Rob's like, I'm a first responder. And he's like, man, we get to do church. And Pastor Sam's not even here. <laughs> Death to life. And then it turns where he's now making disciples, where he's now anything, anything that becomes death in our life, the energy that it comes to come to church and do what you do. Your, I mean, your story is amazing, guys. You preached my preach before I even preached it. You've, you have the miraculous. That's not a prophecy. You need to be praying that people are getting healed, the, all the healing testimony in your life. And because now as you inconvenience yourself for the benefit of other people, they're going to get healed. Because resurrection life is your story. It's your testimony. This is exactly, you preached my preach before I even preached it. And so I'm just going to hand it back. I'm just going to say, like, we're going to transition to the vision builders moment, the giving moment. And then at the end of the service today, um, you know, I hope that we can pray for miracles and signs and wonders in people's lives. I've got one more story I'm holding to tell you after. Um, 
But I just, I just want to say that if, if you don't know Jesus, if you've placed your hope in anything but Jesus, that hope, unfortunately, the truth is, it's in vain. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never given your life to Jesus or you once have done it, but you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand and I want to pray a prayer with you. I'm not going to invite you to the front. Is there anybody in this place you're like, yes, I want to live my life with Jesus? Is there anybody here? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've once made this decision, but for any number of reasons, you, you know your life is not where it should be and you want to rededicate your life to Christ. I'm not going to invite you to the front. I just want you to raise your hand quickly so I can see it and we're going to pray. Is there anybody in this place? Thank you, Jesus. Just say, yeah, that's me. You know what? I need to make this decision for real. I need to make this decision for real. Thank you, Jesus. Is there somebody here? God's speaking to you. Just slip your hand up and we'll pray a prayer together as a church. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. I just want to encourage you that as you sacrifice and whatever you're willing to endure, whatever you're willing to give to Jesus, whatever you let die in your world, whenever you, when you make these commitments and as you commit in your heart, yes, you're giving financially to the vision. Yes, you're giving financially to land and different things. But at the end of the day, all of this is to propagate one gospel that is Jesus came so that we can experience death to life. What wouldn't we want to give for that? Amen. Amen. Pastor John.